0: Hey, everybody, it's time to roll for intent with the creator's corner. We are back again, which tells me you guys don't hate this. Well, we're
1: not 100% sure we're here. Nobody else is here yet.
0: That's true. We've we've got a lot more that people have heard, so we haven't got all of the feedback in yet.
1: Yeah, what is this, like eight, nine? I don't even know. We're like recording interviews on top of interviews right now. It's hard to tell. I think this is eight, I think. Well, we'll know when (laughs) it gets posted. So what do we have today, Trevor? We have a lovely book about sorcerer bloodlines. Ooh.
0: Right? I love bloodlines.
1: Sorcerers are one of the few spellcasting classes I like because uh, if anybody's listened to our show or listened to me rant, uh, you realize that I do not like prepared casters because they give me anxiety.
0: Yep, you do hate your prepared casters.
1: Oh, I just got to keep that preparation of restoration in case somebody gets poisoned. I just got to. Uh, This, however, really ticks some boxes for me. It's by a wonderful gentleman out of the UK named John Holmes, who
0: we have with us today. I was wondering who that guy in the corner was. How you
1: doing, John? Flight editor's note. We were so excited to talk about this content that we completely forgot to mention the name of it. Galarian Unseen Bloodlines. Now, let's get back to it.
2: Hello, everyone. It's good to be here.
1: Is it really that good at 2.30 in the morning?
2: I mean, yes.
1: For now. An absolute gem for showing up this time <laughs> of the day for us. Which we did not ask him to do, mind you.
0: Yeah, this is the time he gave us. So <laughs> we, we were not like, you can always show up at 2 a.m.
1: <laughs> when I first started playing Pathfinder, one of the people that I played with was in, uh, in Germany. And he was waking up at two in the morning to join our games. And he's now on our podcast, Micah. <laughs> that's awesome. So the time zone is rough. So tell us a little bit about yourself, John. What, what brought you to the land of Pathfinder, the land of content creation, uh, and the land of second edition?
2: Oh, God. All the questions. All the questions. Well, I guess that's what I'm on here for. So Pathfinder itself, it was effectively my first true tabletop experience. and I fell in love with it immediately. I have uh, I dabbled in a bunch of others, um, and I've enjoyed a lot of others, but Pathfinder's always been the bread and butter. Um, Tui, Tui came out, and again, I immediately fell in love with it because the main thing it did for me was, everyone knows, you talk about the free-action economy, you talk about just streamlining the math, but for me, it, all the combats just felt more cinematic, and that made it a lot more enjoyable for my table which made it more enjoyable for me because in my table, I'm the permanent GM as my life
1: here, here. I think that's all three of us in this call right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, I actually,
0: I literally had a game with my kids today and at the very last fight, they were doing basically a reskinned Boule that was a bear and it had a few little quirks, but nothing that affected its mechanics. And it's so hilarious because my oldest says, Oh, One enemy, those are never that tough. Don't worry about it. And it was only a CR three higher than what they were. Oh my God, by the end of the fight, the, the gunslinger was either run for their life or shoot. And so she was like, I'm taking the shot. She barely hit. She's like, I only did three damage. And she looked like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And I said, well, you know what? That thing is just going to murder you. If it didn't just have
2: one hit point, you killed it. <laughs> they were so excited. <laughs> that's the best, though. Those are the stories you get to tell.
0: It is. And that's what you say you go to that kind of cinematic because this thing was going to them one after another, dropping them, and they were all scattering. And it was so much fun. They had such a good time.
2: God. Well, you also asked me about con- why I went to content creation, right? So... The short answer is there was something that I missed from first edition in Tui. And that was the some of the bloodlines, but in particular the Serpentine bloodline. A friend of mine was reviving a campaign he ran from first edition to second, obviously. And he went, So you get to recreate your characters if you want or make a new one. I was like, This is great. I get to remake this character. And the Serpentine bloodline doesn't exist anymore. Oh, no. Well, someone, someone has to fix this. <laughs> So I fixed it, and then kind of realized I wanted to fix all of it. and now you have a book.
1: I would normally say that coming into uh, 2E and saying, oh, I want to replicate something in 1E, uh, and then just doing it in the most dogged way possible is a recipe for disaster, but you have adroitly sidestepped all of those concerns that I've normally seen where people just do a whole hog conversion from 1E to 2E. And uh, it's fantastic. I'm so glad you kept going after you did the Serpentine domain.
2: Well, now I'm stunned and flattered. Thank
0: you. Looking through this, uh, honestly, the, the bloodlines that exist have kept me from playing a sorcerer or even sitting down to create one because I look at all of them and I go, meh, I don't really care. Moving on to something else. And I, I do not get anxiety with prepared spellcasters. So the way I'm like, ah, I'll just do the wizard, they're fine. But the the stuff you've added here I, immediately got me thinking of like ooh that's really cool oh I would definitely do that ooh that would be a lot of fun so yeah I hats off to you this this was very well written and you know the the powers the bloodlines everything that you've added in here it it was a good deal of work very thematic. And uh, you clearly gave it a lot of attention to detail, and it shows, it absolutely shows in every single thing that you've written in here.
1: The way that you've done some of these bloodlines uh, in a way that's not the on-the-nose, oh yeah, totally, that's what that bloodline would do. Like, the one that springs to mind immediately is the ocean bloodline, where the uh, last bloodline spell that you get, ocean depths, is literally the crushing power of the depths of the ocean, which is not what somebody's going to first think about. OK, so like crashing waves and sea sprays. and No, the deep darkness of the ocean where nothing can survive. That, that's it. And that's wonderful. That is so much cooler than like, well, you find yourself at home and in ports of call and on the sea and <laughs> you, you get extra bonuses to swim and you have gills.
2: No, much cooler. I'm just going to kill you with the ocean.
1: Exactly. The (laughs) nice, freezing hug of the ocean.
0: The freezing, crushing
2: embrace. The last thing you'll ever feel. So can I ask your favourites? What a favourite... As for me gar-
0: gargoyle just you know it, as soon as i read it i was like okay yeah no this just takes me back to watching the old gargoyle cartoon and, yes. <laughs> and doing all that stuff and i was looking at that and i'm like okay yeah no i absolutely would play this <laughs> for me it's a toss-up between lunar and maestro
2: i must admit i really enjoyed writing maestro it was something different but i was like a soft spot for anything lunar related <laughs>
1: My my All of my characters, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, how off-brand for the class it would be, and how non-useful it would be, every single character I do is pumped really heavily into charisma and face skills. And Maestro is perfect for that. And like this idea, thematically building this character that like somewhere deep back in your in your bloodline, in your history, the ancient power of being able to uh, walk into any room and, you know, be awesome and make everybody else know you're awesome. It's like, uh, like an asimar Celestial thing almost, but, you know, you just have the blood of a badass in you that just loves everyone. Exactly. I love it. And, and thinking about, like, what those mean for story as well. So Lunar was the one that really got me for story because, okay, I just envisioned a uh, a wolf- Beastkin human with the Lunar Bloodline, and he's got a cursed background, and he's proto-Lycanthropy, and you have the mechanics that fit the, the feel of the, cl- of the theme of the Bloodline. It's so very neat, and the, the spell selection, not just the spells that you get, you know, your, your Bloodline spells, but the, the powers for them. The spells that have been selected for the Bloodlines are perfectly thematic, Every time, I, uh, I have not been able to find fault at all. And I looked, I looked over this whole thing, which I want to stress is not a mean feat. There's 18 pages of content in this thing that is being sold once again at an absolute steal, a bargain at twice the price.
0: Thank you. Yeah, what, what, is the, what is the price point on this?
2: It's
0: $3.75.
1: Just yeah. under four bucks, yeah. I would have no problems recommending this to somebody wholeheartedly. Yeah, God no,
0: I would. This is uh, honestly, I if someone were going to play a sorcerer, I would simply say, "Oh, did you get this? You probably shouldn't even decide what you're going to pick until you've looked at this, because there are so many great things in here." The the siren was a very second
2: or strong oh, second yeah. place for me. I, I loved the siren. You've just got to dip into mythology. There's so much inspiration.
1: Right? You got the Medusa in there and the way that you did the Medusa and the way that you described the Medusa. I want to clap right there. for. I want to give you a good round of applause for the way that you described the Medusa and the lore for the Medusa uh, for the wrong that was done to her. She's repaying the wrong back, and that's something that everybody forgets, and I love it. I'm so glad it's in there. It's so great.
2: Yeah, Gorgons, again, they're another creature that just... You just want more of them, at least I do. Well, I know. I
1: I think that that you know we'll we'll say gorgon, but I mean in Pathfinder they call him Medusa. Yes, yes it's a gorgon, are, yes. but yeah. like a Babylonian gorgon is technically the kind of gorgon that they have in in Pathfinder. Yes. But anyway,
0: for us old school guys, the gorgon's the steel bowl that turns people to stone yep. with its poisonous breath. <laughs> yeah, that's the gorgon, right? That's
1: the, that's the old gorgon yeah D and yep. D. And that's <laughs> so a that's I, a Babylonian mythical
0: beast. Yep.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that that was part of, I had to research into that because I was like, wait, do I call it Medusa or do I call it Gorgon? I need to figure out what. Why, why is it called Medusa and Pathfinder, but I know it's a Gorgon. Like, that's the, what's going on?
1: <laughs> so why was Serpentine like the one that you're like, I have to have this? I know you said it was a previous character, hmm. but like, tell me about that character. What was so important about the theme of the character that you just went zero to 100 and wrote a whole book to support him at the end
2: of the right. day? So this character, um, in brief and short, she is, she is a sorceress, obviously. Uh, the campaign is all seafaring and pirate-themed. And I designed this character to be someone who had no idea at all until their late teens that they were a sorcerer. Um, didn't exhibit a lot of the typical traits. And they quite simply have no clue what their bloodline is. You know, because I thought about it and went, what how. Do you know what your bloodline is? Yeah, if if your daddy's a dragon, that might be a giveaway. But if it's not, how do you ever figure that out? And I thought that is part of her story is, who am I? So I then looked at the bloodlines. I was like, well, what's really old? What's potentially evil, but also interesting? And then I found Serpentine, and I read up on the Serpent Folk, and I was just, yes, this is perfect ancient forgotten evil empire then i made it more complicated and made her cross-blooded as well but that's a whole separate problem (laughs) so ever since then i fell in love with the serpent folklore and i'm still sad that they are not a playable race yet i might have to fix that next but
1: spoilers
0: spoilers Spoilers. (laughs) shoot me an email when you do and what always got to be serpent folk, I'm sorry, but just when I picture, you say serpent folk to me, I picture humanoid torso, lower half is completely a serpent. The Pathfinder serpent folk have always bothered me in like that I Yeah, I'm just like, ah, you're like a lizard man with
2: extra steps. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That fair.
0: <laughs> I do want to say the, uh, the granted spells for every one of these, you clearly put a lot of effort into that. And I so looked at every single one of them and I was astounded on how well you kept to the theme
2: of what you were creating. Thank you. i, I tell you now, it wasn't easy sometimes because I'll go, shout out to Archives and Navis because I had their spell table view open for hours. To <laughs> out.
0: So it's your fault I was never able to get on on that Saturday. Maybe.
2: <laughs> twelve, fifteen tabs open.
1: So I want to I want to give real quick I, I want to give a quick rundown on one of these and it's just because I'm looking at it because I love this thing lunar right it's primal so there's a ticket it's favor. primal spell list gotta love it and and the moon primal definitely bloodlines uh, skills nature and stealth perfect nature sneaking love it cantrips you get dancing lights perfect sense it's like you know the moonlight uh, you get fear. Fear of the moon. Two, enlarge. There's lots of mythology about things growing large and powerful and bestial in the the light of the full moon. Third, agonizing despair, the loneliness of being alone under a moonless night, bestial curse, moon frenzy, baleful polymorph, moon burst, monstrosity form, shape change. All these things scream lunar curse, lunar power, the moon, mythology of the moon, They're great. I mean, I don't know. I I couldn't have done this. I mean, I know that. I'd get this analysis paralysis and be like, oh, well, which one of these is going to be perfect? So how did that process go? How did you select what spells would go? So
2: obviously, step one, what is the main spell list that I'm pulling from? Now, Luna was pretty much no-brainer. It was always going to be primal. I think maybe right at the early stage, I was thinking maybe a corpse. I was like, no, it's primal. Forget that. One of the important things I realized early on was, actually having read through the rulebook a bit more thoroughly, the granted spells for sorcerers don't have to be on the primal list or the fixed list. They kind of take them from everywhere. So I realized I had four spell lists to play with, but I had to mainly pick from one. And honestly, it was a really slow process of uh, opening up all the level one spells for each school. And opening all the ones that I thought were relevant and seeing how many I had and then just picking. And then if I found a better one later on that kind of filled the same niche, I might go back and review one. But that only happened maybe three or four times across the whole book. Thankfully, it was a fairly clear cut after the first choice.
0: The attention to detail is just astounding and even with you know all of the the bloodline effects and everything you know each each one of these has their own effects that are so much fun people do this so, many, so much because they love it they they want to put it out there and they want to put out a nice product and they want other people to enjoy it and i've said it on our show before and i'm going to say it again i think one of the uphill battles that the the content creator has to overcome is this mentality at the table of, it's not Pathfinder, so, or it's not Paizo, I don't want it in my game because I don't want to have to worry, is this too powerful? And I, I point out to people all the time, you know, Paizo makes mistakes too, their books are errated all the time. That is by no means a reason to not look at this content and quite frankly if you're ignoring third party content you're missing out on some absolutely amazing stuff truly i mean there is you know, with the 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 internet and people's ability to publish their own stuff now i mean this what i'm looking at here this this deserves every bit as as praise as the sorcerer out of the core rulebook in fact more cuz like i said when i look at the sorcerer in the core rulebook I tell you, I didn't want to play one. I've made at least three sorcerers in my head looking at your product, thinking this would be awesome. I would love to do this. And looking at another one, ooh, this would be fun too. So, no, this you you deserve every bit of praise. And again, to our listeners, if you are interested in sorcerers and if you play sorcerers, This is a must have. This is, there is no question. The, for what this costs, this is a bargain. You absolutely need to pick this up. Did we actually say the title of this? We have an oh my god. I don't, I don't think we've said oh the my <laughs> you know If, if you're, you're listening, listening. it's in the title of
1: the episode. <laughs> this is Galarian Unseen Bloodlines. We were so giddy to start talking about this.
0: <laughs> we're usually not like this,
1: guys. Everyone's
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, great. What is it?
1: <laughs> Why did I have to go 20 minutes in to find out the truth <laughs> No nope.
2: No kidding. (laughs) I feel like you need to put an intro saying, guys, apologies in advance, the book is called Tales. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And about 20 minutes in, you'll understand why this is here.
1: (laughs) So this is Galarian Unseed Bloodlines and I do want to note that if you are a VTT player and you play on Foundry, which is the best of VTT, don't come at me with anything else. Sorry, Christian. Christian (laughs) loves Tailspire. There is a Foundry module for these Bloodlines. The link to the GitHub is in here. So if you play on Foundry and you're worried about your DM being like, well, you'll have to send me the PDF, and then I'm gonna have to look at it and make no import the module. Then he's got it all. Then he can stop whining about your bloodlines, your awesome bloodlines. So you talk a little bit at the beginning of this about your your journey from like, oh, I made this for me in my game, to I made this for everyone. And that's something that we really want to push for listeners that if you have an idea, do it. It may not be perfect, but first tries seldom are as good as this one. I don't think... Is this your first
2: one? Is this your first? Effectively. This is the first Infinite. I had one brief um, foray into Wayfinder.
1: That's right! You Um, were in Wayfinder 2, weren't
2: you? Yeah. Issue 21. Um, That was my first experience writing anything like this. Um, it almost got me kind of to do it more regularly and I got cold feet again and then I made myself come back and I don't think I can get out now. I I'm, I'm in too deep.
1: I am so <laughs> glad to hear that. You're trapped in here with us.
2: Yes. Or <laughs> you trapped in here with me. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. I mean, I don't mind it
0: if you keep giving us this stuff. Uh, I was going to say I do feel I would have loved a beast bloodline that would have really tickled my fancy so
2: I, I didn't see it in there so you know hopefully I will, you're not I done will add, I will add for everyone listening I fully intend to update this as inspiration strikes so a friend pointed out to me the other day and went literally messaged me going hey I'm running a game uh, do, you have a, do you have a demon bloodline and I went no why didn't I write one so that's already on the list <laughs> <laughs> and I've been uh, getting requests from you, lovely gentlemen.
1: I'm going to officially request Cryptid right here, right now. Okay. <laughs> and if a Cryptid bloodline shows up in this, <laughs> I will play a Cryptid in a one shot charity stream whenever it comes out.
2: All oh, oh, right, pressure boys.
1: <laughs> Period.
0: <laughs>
2: I'll tell you what, I'll write you put in beast. I, will, I will
0: buy 10 of Perfect. these and send them to
2: people. <laughs> 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 you were asking about how I how i got into this so obviously as i said the the inspiration for unseen bloodlines was recreating my uh, character from my pathfinder first edition campaign but i remember when tui came out and i read through the book and it was it's amazing it's a great system but there is room to flesh it out and no doubt Paisa will do that over the next 5, 10, 15 years, however long they want to run this edition for. But I'm not waiting 10 years. And truth be told, when I started writing this, you know, I wrote up the Serpentine Bloodline first, made the foundry for it just so it would run in the game. And then the inspiration struck, and I wrote a few more and a few more, and I just kept going. I, and I kid you not, I never thought it would sell a copy. I didn't think it was going to do well. But I wrote it because there was a gap about something I cared about in the game. So I wrote it. And the community themselves are amazing and so incredibly supportive. If you have an idea, if you have something that you're passionate about, just do it. No one else is going to do it for you. And doesn't matter if someone else has done something similar. The community wants it. If you're listening now and you're like, oh, I had all these ideas for Bud Lines, but John's done a bunch of them, go write yours. I'll buy it and read it. <laughs> Publish the content.
1: I want to point something out, too, because uh, this is one of those where you're figuratively given an inch and took a mile with your one thing that you wanted to do. Last week, we talked to Brian Lane who did the wonderful ink finder supplement for tattoos. And he had a similar thing. Like, there's no tattoos. I want tattoos. And he's like, I'll make 50 tattoos. Well, go ahead. I'll make a hundred. All right. Well, now I'm going to add archetypes. Oh, look, here's an alchemist, uh, alchemist study. And it's one of those things that I really encourage people to go big when they're doing content for a couple of reasons. One of them is it kind of builds on itself. You find an idea, you want another idea comes from the first and they You get more and more and more and more and more and you end up pushing yourself both creatively and the work you're doing. And a second thing is that you are much more likely to have good content based on the amount of content you have, right? So if you have, hypothetically, I'm not saying it's the case here because it's definitely not, we've gushed enough. If you create 50 bloodlines and five of them are stinkers and 40 of them are pretty good and five of them are great, you have crushed it. But if you produce something and it's like one archetype, And it doesn't work very well and people don't like it, but that's just what you wanted to do might not be as well received if you have just one thing. So like go hard, man, do exactly what you want, of course, but do more, do, do as much as you possibly can cram reasonably into it because you'll get better as you do it. You realize things that you did wrong previously, and you revise your work, and your work will get better through the repetition. So being worried that the undertaking is large is is not a problem. It's actually to your benefit, the larger your undertaking is, because you have a longer time for your art to iterate before it actually comes to fruition. And when it finally does, you have more for people to love. You'll have more people that are in there and they didn't know what they really wanted, but they really like this insectoid bloodline that they didn't know was in here. Holy crap, this is exactly what I wanted. And you don't really, maybe that was something that you like, oh, insectoid, cool, I'll throw that in. And somebody loves it. That's somebody's baby in this book, absolutely. So the more stuff you put in there, you're going to make somebody's absolute favorite thing in that book. You're more likely to the more stuff you put in. And this, I realized, was a massive undertaking, size-wise, typesetting. I should start asking people what the word count is, or I should calculate it for people so people know the kind of, of work that goes into these.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to know the word count.
1: <laughs> I have an idea based on what I'm seeing. I think we're somewhere in the 10,000 words range, but, which is a lot for $4 of content, folks. Go buy yeah, it now. No. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's, We said it's, this it's about absolutely. the Eilon book,
1: guys, and you believed us, and you bought it, and... and is very happy. Do that for John, because we're telling you right now, this, go buy this. This is great. This book is worth it. This book belongs at your table. It belongs in your games.
0: And more importantly, I 100% want John to put out more products. And if he does well with this, he will do that. I mean, that's, wow, I I got a response from this. I got all of these people really loved it. And, you know, like he said, he's already thinking about, well, you know, maybe there's a few other bloodlines I just missed. And whenever anyone undertakes a task that is a labor of love, you know, there are so many of the things that just they vanish as to like, oh, well, God, it's, ta- it's taking me really long time to do this. Like, that doesn't come into the equation when it's something that you love. In fact, you're like, oh, you know, when are you going to be done with that? Ooh, maybe in another, you know, another four days I, I have two other things that I want to look at. Or, you know, it's going a little longer because I-, I, you know, I had an idea the other night. You're, you're not worried about all of that stuff in the end because it just grows organically. And you want to put out the best thing that you possibly can. And it's, it's really nice to see.
1: That's another beauty of the freelance life, man, is nobody's got a gun to your head telling you to get this content out. Get it that done. You need to make, uh, I really need you to make the earthworm bloodline. It has to be done now. And you're like, I don't want to do an earthworm bloodline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Right. Nobody, nobody's telling you this is what you yeah. have to do. Yeah. You're doing what you want to yeah. do.
0: It's noon on Friday and you're on vacation next week. You're like, I don't have time for this. Fine. <laughs> <It's>
2: <laughs> someone, someone keeps asking for a cryptid bloodline or something. The guy, sure. that guy must be a genius. Cause it's
0: a
1: great idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that whole going on along with what you said about, you know, if you have a great idea, it harkens back to, for me one of the something I saw that actually kind of profoundly changed how I think about things and that is Stanley's 2017 UCLA keynote speech. It is uh, an amazing speech. Take 10 minutes and watch it on YouTube. It is fabulous, but it is about a story of how He really wanted to do Spider-Man and his editor said, no, this is crap. No one's going to want to do it. And he ended up putting it in a magazine that was going out. They weren't going to be publishing it anymore and it took off. And so he was just like, this whole point was if you feel strongly about something and you love it, don't let people tell you, no, you keep doing it because ultimately, you know, you're the one that's going to be doing it. And if you love it, there's probably other people that are going to love it too.
1: Bravo. And Bravo, people. Christian and Stanley. So where can we find you on Infinite? Can we just search your name? Should we search Galarian Unseen? You talk about in the foreword that, you know, you hope it's an ongoing series.
0: Trevor, they're just going to follow the links from, our, from, this, from, this <laughs> from this podcast. What are you talking about? Which
1: Full disclosure, the <laughs> links in the description are affiliate links and we really appreciate if you use them because it allows us to buy more content from wonderful people uh, like uh, John without having to put my house up for another mortgage
2: yes uh, definitely follow those links give these guys more money to review more people because that benefits everyone um, yeah just search glaring unseen because pretty much everything I publish on my own is going to begin with that it's going to be kind of it's series name I guess you know spoilers I'm working on a, a book right now I say book product whatever you want to call it it's a book it's a book um, relics I want more relic
1: rules. I love relics.
2: Yeah, I love relics too. They're the in-between between between my magic item and my artifact. And I was like, this is a great concept. Where's the rest of (laughs) them?
1: I think relics have seven sentences in the entirety of the rule set.
2: And then (laughs) one table. So uh, I'm giving it the bloodline treatment. No, absolutely. And it's
0: again, that's just like Trevor said, it's one of the say, hey, we need this done. You have two days, go. You know, whatever that turns out to be, where you now have someone that looks at it, it strikes a chord with them, and they now devote weeks or a month or more into developing it and turning it into something that. Builds off of a wonderful idea and just expands upon it, and I. There's no losers in this situation. It's great for everyone.
1: So wait, are you going to get on the kobold snares bandwagon yet? You going to start making a kobold snares book because you know somebody needs them.
0: Uh, (laughs) That poor that poor those four kobolds,
1: (laughs) no snares whatsoever.
0: (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs)
1: I just feel sad for them now. (laughs) There's a whole feat. You can make kobold snares. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming, John. And I really expect you to reach out to me whenever this new project's ready because we will absolutely have you on. You have definitely uh, proven yourself as a 100% must buy. So
2: uh, all eyes on you. Don't screw it up. Oh, now I'm getting now I'm getting stage pressure. <laughs> no, thank you both of you. It's been lovely.
1: Well, thank you so much. Until next time, I'm Trevor.
0: I'm Christian. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye,
2: all.